Today's episode of Titus and Tate is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. It's everyone's favorite tournament of the year. The golfers are in Georgia to compete for the coveted jacket. And DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of all the action by giving you a shot to land in the green. This week, DraftKings is giving you 100-1 to odds on the golfer of your choosing to finish in the top 10. If you haven't tried DraftKings, this is the time. Turning $1 into $100 is simple. Pick any golfer from this weekend's tournament, and if they finish in the top 10, you can cash $100. DraftKings Kings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your own convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TATE when you sign up to turn $1 into $100. If the golfer of your choosing finishes in the top 10 of this weekend's tournament, that's code TATE, T-A-T-E, to turn $1 into $100 for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And we're also brought to you by our friends at Discover. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you can earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with no limit on how much you can earn. How amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. It's that simple. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report, limitations apply. State, we are live from Indianapolis in our hotel rooms. Just watched Jalen Suggs bank in the game winner to give Gonzaga the win over UCLA, advancing to the national championship. The national championship, we've all had circled the entire season, but oh my God, the path it took to get there, Tate. Wow. That's all we could say. Wow. Yeah, we uh there was a there was a time, right, when you and I were talking about, you know, the greatest of all time when we talked about this Gonzaga team, a team that was going to win every game by a 13 point, 15 point margin of victory at the end of this whole thing. And we went into this game and we said, of course, Mick Cronin, a.k.a. Muck Cronin, is going to come in this game, make it ugly. They scored 51 points against Michigan. Then they have 43 in the first half. They are basically playing the perfect game. And then we get, I, I mean, could you ask for a crazier? I don't even know what to say. Like, I, I, I right now, if you want to do like, you know, uh, if I want to do a, a presence, you know, a presence, I can't even react right now because like, I, it, it seems bigger than Chris Jenkins. You know what I mean? Like you're trying, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're, you're, you're caught in the moment and you're like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. This is the yes. greatest NCAA tournament game I've ever seen. That's not true. It's not the best shot in NCAA tournament history. I don't care. I don't want to hear. I don't want to take the time to like think through where does this rank on the pantheon of all-time greatest shots. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 all I know is I saw it. My jaw dropped. I, I, you were speechless. We were, I was in your room, by the way, we're, 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 uh, in our, we're in Indianapolis yes. in Indianapolis and Tate's down the hall. And, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, you're just right over there. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, we were watching this together and your jaw just dropped. Like, like I, I, I guess we learned something about ourselves in this moment because I'm the type of guy to jump out <laughs> jump off the couch and scream oh my god and yell and scream and uh, i bust out the hotel door and and there's a family that is coming back from the pool and they're like what the hell is going on like what's going on here (laughs) like march madness you idiot uh and then you're the type that just sits there silent with your jaw dropped and i I mean learn that about ourselves tonight i will say i mean this whole you know the the ucla run uh throughout this entire game it did feel like there was going to be a moment where gonzaga clicks in and and we kind of learned that hey you know they they gave their run but it's over and ucla just kept fighting back cody riley had an amazing game tiger campbell had an amazing game uh you know obviously we know what johnny juzang is doing he is the ultimate kimba candidate at this point and mick cronin coached a heck of a game you know if you really look at it and Gonzaga did not play a bad game by any stretch of the imagination, but UCLA no. played a purely, maybe even perfect game, Mark Titus, that's why, for them to be able to compete. That's why, to me, this was a perfect game for us, the fans, the neutral yes. fans. This was not a perfect game for Gonzaga fans who are going to have a clinch butthole up until the end of Monday night, depending on what happens either way. But Because if I'm a Gonzaga fan, I'm like, I, I can't do this again Monday. Like That was the most yeah. nerve-wracking thing I've ever sat through in my life. Um, but for those of us who don't really care, like you and I, who who wins these games, 
Uh, tonight, what happened tonight is perfect. I could not be more excited for Monday night at this point, Tate, because I have believed all season that Gonzaga is a superior team to Baylor. I have believed that if Gonzaga plays well, there is no one who is even close to their in, in their stratosphere of how good they are. And that's not to say there aren't other really, really good teams. There aren't other great teams. Even when Baylor is, is firing on all cylinders, to me, Gonzaga has always been like a step or two better because just their offense has been so unstoppable. And you just figure there's no way you could ever, if Gonzaga's hitting, the logic says no one's ever going to be able to match that. And then mm-hmm. to see the blueprint tonight, granted, the blueprint is like make everything. So I don't know. But Play then perfect. on the other. But then the flip side of that is Baylor kind of does do that. Baylor makes everything too. So I, I could not be more excited for this because Gonzaga is susceptible. Uh, we, obviously, obviously. Um, but it's not it, like you said. It's not like Gonzaga played like garbage and they're just they're gonna you know flush the tape. I know that's that's not how it works on a two day turnaround. But it's not like they're just gonna flush the tape and be like, we just played like crap. Let's turn it around Monday and and bring our A game Monday. They 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 brought close to their A game. Mm-hmm. They brought close to their A game, and Michigan just turned into 1985 Villanova, who, uh, you know, I know in 85 Villanova hit like 78% against Georgetown in the title game or something like that, like something absolutely absurd like that. It wasn't quite that, but I, I swear to God it was that from the mid-range. I mean, you got Cody Riley hitting like 10 to 15 yeah, I mean, multiple. I mean, Tiger Campbell was making <laughs> everything he looks at. Johnny Juzang, if he puts a shot up, it feel, feels like it's going to go in. And then, you know, before today's game, you and I were talking about kind of historical precedents that have been set as far as the upsets in college basketball. The one that I always think of is obviously Lorenzo Charles, an air ball that turns into a game winner. You know, you knock off the five slam jam Houston team with Akeem Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler, and you got Sidney Lowe and a, a bunch of guys that had no business being there that win the title. And then you mentioned 85 Villanova. Again, an upset over a Patrick Ewing, a, a stalwart that we have seen in this game that, that goes on to be obviously one of the greatest in the Hall of Famer. This Gonzaga team does not have one of those guys, right? It does yeah. not have an Akeem Olajuwon. Well, it does not have a Patrick I, Ewing, but it may brakes. have that guy <laughs> with Jalen Suggs. I mean, you know, Jalen Suggs' story yeah. has obviously been discussed ad nauseum. We know the Paige Becker's background. Uh, we know about, you know, him being the, the highest rated recruit to go to Gonzaga. But this is, you know, Michael Jordan as a freshman, hit a pretty important shot in the national championship game. And that's set him and his career on a trajectory, you know, that we've never quite seen before. And Jalen Suggs, whatever kind of it factor, whatever kind of cliche you want to use, the kid has it. And he did not have his best this game, bar none, where the block, quote unquote, the block on Cody Riley. Again, the replay probably showed it was a little bit. Got a lot of of arm slush in. But who cares? Tommy Hawkes gets a makeup call a little bit later, like 10 seconds later on the other end. So it works out. And and Suggs, the pass that he makes, that that turnaround of that game, that reaction, that momentum boosting play. And then, of course, the game winner, which is, look, a lot of guys, you see Juzang get that easy layup. You're a little defeated. You expect to go into double overtime. I don't think we had been in double overtime since NC State. Um, And the fact that he had the presence of mind to pull that shot, to take that shot as a freshman in this program, and the fact that it went down, I mean, look, uh, Drew Timmy's charge was huge, but that shot, that is how you win a basketball game, Mark Titus. I even said to you, the Duke way of winning this game is taking a charge to go to overtime, and then Drew Timmy just kind of wears you down and wins. It's a Christian Leitner kind of way to win a game. But J- like Suggs right now, he he just did something for me that uh, I'm fired up for Monday. We got the two best teams in the country. It's, you and I, uh, at the beginning of the year, we knew it was two teams. We got a little sidetracked with the Big Ten war that was going on, all those mm-hmm. battles with those great teams. But we really have two exceptional teams. I'm not, I'll say there's some great teams in the Big Ten, but these are ex- exceptional teams that we'll remember for a long time. Baylor did what they had to do. They beat an inferior opponent, a fraud, as you would call them. Uh, well, they handled can... them handily. Uh, and then UCLA, one, shows that they belong in the Final Four, and two, gives us a game that I, I think that we'll be referencing for quite some time, Titus. I mean, Forever. that was an unbelievable I mean, basketball game. This this was uh, – it's recency bias. I'm stuck in the, the moment. I, I don't care. It's been two years. Like, we didn't have a tournament last year. This is the first night of Final Four action we've had in two years, Tate. And yeah. I understand that two years ago the Final Four games were pretty awesome, as a reminder. Uh Kyle Guy's free throws two years ago yeah. to beat Auburn. Yeah. That 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 was. I mean, even the Diakite shot in the Elite Eight. Um, yeah, but I I mean the final. I was just yeah, the giving final, a reference yeah, yeah, point yeah, of yeah, two yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so th- this might not even have been the best Final Four game of the last two years. Is my point. <laughs> but I'm ready to call it the greatest game I've ever seen of any sport ever because I'm just like that. That was the feeling. That was 
uh, as, as UCLA was making just insane shot after insane shot. And we, I mean, we have to acknowledge that, that it, I, I'm not going to use the word luck because uh, we, we thought they had to muck it up to win. No, that's what, we, but they bucked from, it up. They bucked they, it up. They, we then they start hitting shots early and I was like, Oh, they're going to luck it up. That's how mm. they're going to do it. They're just going to hit these tough shots with hands in their face, mid range, 12 footers, 17 footers. Yep. Like th- those aren't good shots. They're going to start missing at some point. And Gonzaga is going to blow them away because that's Gonzaga's MO. That's what Gonzaga has done all year. Like the, the idea of a team trying to match Gonzaga shot for shot is, is, is a death trip. It's like, it, it, it's insane. So like, Gonzaga throughout the first half, as you still is hitting all these shots. I imagine Mark Few is talking to his team. He's saying, "We got them right where we want them." Yeah, I don't yeah. care he's that like, they're up it's three okay, or guys. five. We're playing good. We're playing solid. Like, yeah. At some point, they're going to start missing. We're not because we never miss because we have one of the greatest offenses in college basketball history, and there, there's no way they're going to be able to match us. And they just kept matching, and over mm. and over and over, every guy on UCLA. It wasn't just Juzang. I think that's the the uh the simplistic approach to, to talking about UCLA would be Johnny Juzang because that's what it's been basically the entire run is Johnny Juzang's carried him and certainly against Michigan he has 28 of their their 51 points um and he had 27 tonight I think or did he mm-hmm. have 29 what did, did the layup give him 29 and I think I, I think saw. the layup gave him 29 yeah, yeah. yeah. so he had, he had 20 like again he had an awesome game but he was not alone this was not a one-man effort they got Tiger Campbell was in crazy shots Hawkins was hitting like uh, you can't say enough about UCLA to the point that, like, as UCLA was keeping it close in the first half, to me, the the story coming out of the game, if it if it stayed close the whole game, was going to be Gonzaga's not choke, but like Gonzaga's not playing well. Gonzaga, it, it would have centered around Gonzaga, and like, what did Gonzaga do wrong to put themselves in this position to either lose or have to, you know, win on a banked in thirty footer at the buzzer? Um, but in the end, I think I think the story of the game is UCLA. I think like, you know, it's still Gonzaga because they're undefeated, I guess. And there's still that part of it. It doesn't have to be a, a, a black or white situation. But my God, I, I, I come away from this like Jalen Suggs hits as a shot. That's the that's what I want to talk about. But I also want to talk like mostly about UCLA and how well they played, because this was incredible. This was a game for the ages. As you said, I will remember this forever. I am confident in that. I know recency bias. Uh, I, I don't know if this is the greatest game I've ever seen, but. Uh, I am confident that I will remember this game for the rest of my life. And that's crazy to have that feeling uh, because I don't know. The last time I felt this coincidentally was six years ago, 2015, Kentucky was undefeated in the exact same spot in the exact same arena. Uh, They lose to Wisconsin. And I I was there for the game. And I just remembered like looking around, I was sitting behind the Wisconsin student section and I'm watching all of them go nuts and, and throw their drinks in the air that they smuggled in. And like, they're just all going crazy. And I'm just sitting there with my jaw open. Like, I can't believe, like, I will remember this for the rest of my life. And you, you have those moments that, that right then and there, you're like, oh my God, this is, this is literally something I will remember forever. And uh, that's what this was for me. The, the moment that shot goes in, I was like, I'm going to, I will remember this forever. I will. And that's crazy. That's why I love this sport. Yeah, it, it is the best sport in the entire world. If you love the game of basketball, how could you not love this? And you mentioned the other guys. I have to say this. We learned in the Elite Eight that Drew Timmy is a power forward. He just won the Carl Malone Award for the best power forward in the country. Mm-hmm. Congratulations to him. He is Christian Leitner 2.0. In fact, someone just said, you know, hit me up and said he is the Mickey Mouse Christian Leitner. So I'll say that. And, you know, in this game... Cody Riley showed kind of what you needed to have against Drew Timmy, which is not a five, a traditional five, which is an Evan Mobley type. It is a guy like Cody Riley, who is basically a small ball five. He's a six foot seven, six foot eight guy, but he's got a low center of gravity. He's got a nice build. He goes for 14 and 10 in this game. Like you said, he was able to step out the 17 feet, knock down some of those mid range jumpers, give Timmy some trouble, get Timmy in foul trouble. And then on the flip side of that, I have to give Timmy his credit because Timmy in this game, uh, just had some big time moments where you 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 kind of were like, what's going to happen here? Is Gonzaga struggling? And he made sure in overtime to kind of send that message that we're not going to go down here. And then when Johnny Juzang is coming down for what feels like right, the, the, as your heart is sinking, um, you you feel like Juzang is waiting for the final shot, the uh, the final yeah. nail in the coffin, and for him to step up there and to take that charge. As much as I joke about him being a Duke player. I mean, that was a big time play and it was a charge officially. It was, it was a, charge. a charge. I gotta, I gotta say yeah. that. Cause I, I am as anti-charge as anybody is there. I, I do not believe he was charge, there, but his first of all, set. he was there. Secondly, he had his hands up, which like, yeah. I don't hate the, the charges that I hate are the guys that are covering their balls. Cause at that point you're basically saying, I, I, I'm not playing I, defense. I, I can't play any defense. So Timmy at least yeah. had the, uh, 
you know, he has his hands up. So you can argue yeah. that like he was still trying to stop Juzang and Juzang just pulled him over. But also he was he was he was very clearly there. And I think that was the the right call as much as it sucks because no one you know, like when you're in that moment, you have an underdog, which which, by the way, how funny is it that the program with 11 national titles in the city of Los Angeles, <laughs> one of the most storied programs in college basketball history was an underdog, a scrappy team that we were all rooting for against this tiny ass school in, in Eastern Washington that's never won a national title before. And we're all crossed our fingers like, come on, I hope they can do it. Those underdogs, those plucky underdogs from UCLA. Um, yeah, I saw someone put up the graphic of, uh, you know, the 11 seed and then, they, and then a UCLA fan tagged and said, you know, the 11 stands for titles. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I like that. And, and I wanted to point out when I was talking about guys that you, you mentioned, we don't want to talk about the Johnny Juzangs and the Jalen Suggs. I mean, obviously we do, but those aren't just the focal points of this game. Uh, Joel Yai, I mean, th- this guy kind of set the tone. I mean, yeah. uh, this, a lot of He's the only one that fans, played well from start to finish for Gonzaga, really. I mean, he was, the, he was the steady hand the entire time. He was the guy that Kispert, Timmy, Nimhart, even Suggs, as Suggs was struggling in the first half, they were looking to him to kind of carry – uh, and, and he had a calming presence for them throughout the entire game. And then I think as he got them to quote unquote winning time, the guys you expect to step up, Corey hit a big three there late. Um, you know, I mentioned Timmy obviously stepping up. Nim- Nim Hart Hart also with hit a, a step huge back, three. That yeah, step, step back, back to, three. So what did that push it to five or something? Yeah, I think it pushed it to five. And then uh, Hawkes yeah. hit a three to cut it back to two again on That's the right. other end. That's and right. uh, yeah, I mean, it was a it was a back and forth affair. In fact, as I'm trying to piece it together in my mind, you know, it's hard to keep up with. And to be honest with you, I don't like to bring up this game because, you know, it's, it's close to me and it breaks my heart. But it was the closest thing I've seen. And obviously it was a national championship game, but it was the closest like turnaround as far as emotions. Right. When to Marcus Page and Chris Jenkins, you know, Marcus Page hits the double clutch three as a Carolina fan. You're celebrating. You're having this great moment in time. You're like, let's go. We're going to overtime. And just like in this game, you're thinking three point three ticking down. We're going to double overtime. You know, we're going to see what happens here. And then Jalen Suggs just kind of takes the air out of the building. If you're a UCLA fan and if you're a Gonzaga fan, he literally saves the day and he is Superman and his reaction, his celebration, the confidence, again, the, the, the belief in yourself to, to want to have that moment as a true freshman, man, I, I can't say enough about him having, having the stones to do that. And I can't say enough about Gonzaga to be able to persevere because you know how tight that butthole had to be. Titus. Oh, I mean, my goodness. as you're thinking about history on the line, as you're thinking about the fact, like you said, 2015 right Kentucky <laughs> has been in the exact same building in the yep. exact same spot against, you know, an inferior team that is playing at an, at an absolute tear. You know what I mean? But at least that team, at least it's for at least Kentucky's that team had NBA. Instance, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there were one seed. Wisconsin true, was, was a team true. that went to the final four of the year before they, they were familiar with them. There was uh there, there was no shame in the sense of like, you know, on paper, that Kentucky team losing to Wisconsin, there should not be shame in that. that I guess UCLA, the, the way they play tonight, they have they, like basically been able to wipe all the UCLA basketball I had seen before because like I left this game, like that was the the, the sort of. But the, that, that, like, that's what that's that's what I'm yeah. saying is that that the 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 Kentucky situation was they lose to a one seed with the national player of the year and another guy who was a first round draft pick on the team. Yep. Like that that is its own thing this the, what felt different about this was i like by the way juzang might be <laughs> juzang juzang's a lottery juzang, yeah. juzang's yeah. lottery like he said if he plays like that take the guy in the lottery but uh the the, the feeling if you watch usually all year was that they i mean they got an 11 seed for a reason Tate. they lost their last four games going into the ncaa tournament and i think that factor played into this of like th- this is a game that gonzaga cannot lose and in a weird way i feel like they'll be looser against baylor in the title game than they would have been tonight because uh, there, there's there's no there's more on the line obviously against Baylor, but it's a team that like you you there's no shame in losing. It's not a must win in the way like this is a must win for like it, it goes beyond like that one game or that one trophy on the line. This is like the the entire arc of the program. Like if Gonzaga loses this tonight, the last twenty years are for naught. It feels like yeah, like everything yeah. just goes down the drain, and you're up against an eleven seed that can't miss. And you keep looking up at the clock and it says there's 12 minutes left and you're like, they're going to start missing. Now there's nine minutes left. And you're like, they're going to start missing. There's four minutes left. They're going to start. And you're like, my God, are they ever going to start missing? And the answer was no. And, uh, you know, there's something real about that, like being in the the, the single elimination situation of uh, the NCAA tournament. Uh, where like if this game does take place in the regular season, maybe it, it goes. First of all, maybe UCLA is not hitting everything. Maybe there's like some sort of looseness with UCLA. They're like, we have nothing to lose, literally nothing to lose. We should we we should have lost our playing game against Michigan State and Mac Arena. 
um, in, in the first four. Like this, this whole run has been we're playing with house money. So screw it. Let's just go out there and let it rip. Uh, and meanwhile, the opposite is true with, with Gonzaga, where you're looking up and you're like, what the hell is happening? And you just kind of feel, I don't know, we weren't in the building tonight. We, we had to do the three on three, uh, thing and we didn't have time to get tickets and, and deal with all that. We were pretty tired anyway. And we just figured what the yeah, hell. We've been, we've been working what 12 we'll hour basketball we'll watch days. It, yeah. We'll watch it on TV and, and, and go to the title game. So I, I can't, you know, I can't report what the vibe was like, but I imagine, you know, going to enough NCAA tournaments and going to enough like massive games and, and thinking back on the 2015 Wisconsin Kentucky game there are moments where like the whole building, you feel it. And I know there weren't a ton of fans in there, but like, I- I'm sure th- there, there's a palpable, as John Rothstein would say, a palpable buzz. There is a, mm. a feeling in the air. There is a, a, a sense of like, this was going to be a, a heavyweight fight that was supposed to go two rounds and it's round 12. And the guy that was supposed to get knocked out is like still fighting. And in fact, he doesn't even really have a cut on his face and everyone in the arena is just like, what the hell is going on? And all the neutral fans that thought they were cheering for Gonzaga Baylor because they wanted to see the, the, the real fight that we've all been waiting to see all season. Suddenly they're like, wait a second. I think I might actually want UCLA to win. Like, this is kind of cool that yeah. they're hitting everything. Like, this yeah. is awesome. And you're, you're caught in that weird moment of like, I don't even know what I'm cheering for. I'm just cheering for a great game. And then it delivers. And uh, boy, I, I love this sport, man. I this is this, it, this, it this is, is so good. So it's the best. Good. It's the best. And you and I, uh, we we have lots of conversations off air and on air about college basketball and what it looks like, and, and you know the future and the past and all these things. Mm. And you know, you try to pinpoint moments. You try to you know give your take. You try to you know figure out what it could look like, what it should look like. And when you watch a game like that, it does give you just that sense of like, yes, this is it. This is a. Uh, this is what we play the game for. This is why we love. This the is what game. it's all about. This is yeah. the why, yeah. why do we watch? Why do we watch games in January uh, against two unranked teams on a, on a random Tuesday night, and mm-hmm. they can't hit the hit a broadside of a barn? And you're like, who would ever want to watch that? The reason yeah. is, is is it's a small investment. It's like this is it's the offering plate being passed around, and every time the mm-hmm. offering plate comes on that Tuesday night in January, you and I are throwing a little emotional investment, and on all these little teams that we're just watching along the way. And that thing just starts to grow. And then yeah. you get you you bring it to the final four. And suddenly we have a UCLA team that you and I living in LA have have we've gone to God knows how many games at Pauly. We've gone to the, the CBS Sports Classic where Maui Invitational. The Maui Invitational. We've seen this team in person a million times. We've talked yeah. about all these guys a million times. We know and these guys and we, you we've, know. <laughs> we've we've talked about Mick Cronin a million times. We've yeah. waited for this team to like kind of coalesce into what we thought they could be. Uh, and then Chris Smith tears his ACL and we're like, well, I guess it's not going to be this year. Like maybe we thought it would, but then they're like, now hang on a second. Maybe it will be. And just that whole roller coaster with UCLA and the same with Gonzaga that, you know, we've both been following Gonzaga our whole life, last 20 years or whatever. And and yep. to have it all just come to the moment, like you can't, it, that that's what makes it, 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 that game is awesome in a vacuum, but it's all the context. It's, it is the Adam Morrison game in 2006. It is uh, it just everything that goes into it. And it all comes to a head. In April in Indianapolis with yeah. a with a banked in shot from Jalen Suggs at the buzzer. And it's like this is it does not get any better than this. Quick break to get a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. It's everyone's favorite tournament of the year. The golfers are in Georgia to compete for the coveted jacket. And DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of all the action by giving you a shot to land in the green. This week, DraftKings is giving you 100 to 1 odds on the golfer of your choosing to finish in the top 10. If you haven't tried DraftKings, this is the time. Turning $1 into $100 is simple. Pick any golfer from this weekend's tournament, and if they finish in the top 10, you cash $100. DraftKings, of course, is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your own convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TATE when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 at the golfer of your choosing finishes in the top 10 of this weekend's tournament. That's code TATE, T-A-T-E, to turn $1 into $100 for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And we're also brought to you by our friends at Discover. Want to hear something amazing? Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with no limit on how much you can earn. 
How amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because of the places where Discover is accepted. That's right, 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report, limitations apply. One of my things in the NCAA tournament, it is like kind of a pecking order, and you sort you kind of climb the rungs of the ladder over time. Scott Drew gets in his first Final Four. He gets, you know, Mark Few did the same thing in 2017, and then he also gets to the title game, but they come up a little bit short. This time around, it does feel like the, the, the tightest turn so that they're going to get over the hump. And then you bring up Adam Morrison. You know who they lost to. We obviously do. It's UCLA. UCLA. And the fact that you're able to have a moment in time where you get over the hump against the team that has basically owned you in the tournament, it brings me back to Villanova 2016. North Carolina mm-hmm. beat Villanova in 2005. North Carolina beat Villanova in 2009. And then Villanova comes to the title game in 2016. And before that game, I'm like, this is perfect. It's Michigan State all over again, a team that you own. It's going to be easy money. And guess mm-hmm. what happens? They get over that hump. They climb to the next rung and they become national champions. And the fact that UCLA got in this fight says a lot about their program. And it says a lot about who they're going to be moving forward. And it, to me, says a lot about the character of this group. Because if you did not enjoy watching these guys fight for every single loose ball, mm-hmm. for every single rebound, uh, you know, for guys like Tiger Campbell to kind of play outside of themselves a little bit and uh, and 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 do whatever it takes uh, to try to go for this win, that was impressive. But also to have Jalen Suggs kind of get the, the final monkey off your back against a program, a blue blood program, blue blood that, versus new blood. Yep, this is this is it, Titus. And and to hit that shot, to have it be signified in such a way. One, I just want to say congratulations to the Gonzaga fans because I know that it must be one of those most, it's gotta be frustrating, right? You're, you're such a top flight program, yet you have the stigma of you're going to lose. You're going to, you're going to choke in yeah. March. You don't yeah. play anybody. Yeah. You're yeah. in a Mickey mouse conference, all these things. Yeah. And in general, that's ridiculous. You and I joke about these things, but when you're in a moment and you're playing a program like UCLA that has 11 national titles, that has the history that they have, and you're the, the overdog, I don't know if, you, if that's a term, but I'm going to say it. You're the overdog. You're supposed the to favorite. win this. You're I think the favorite. I think the word would be favorite. No, I'm going to say overdog. Uh, right. uh, the Bulldogs. And the, the fact that you are able to, to hold and the fact that you're able to excel and the fact that you're able to do it, um, kudos to, to Mark Few. I'm sure he is a – you know the picture of Dean Smith in 1982 when he's like smoking the cigarette and they like blurt it out? Like yeah. that might be Mark Few tonight. You know, he might, yeah. he might be taking a cigarette drag and saying to himself, whew. Man, that was something. That is yeah. a game that yeah. I will be telling my grandkids about. I'm so glad that we came out of this a winner. Fellas, like, I love you more than I even knew I loved you. Jalen, come here. Give me a hug, buddy. You're the best. You're now the number one, one pick more. in my heart. Let's go win one more. Right. Let's prove that we are a blue blood. Let's, let's right. let, like, we are a new blood, but let's prove that we're actually a blue blood by getting this national mm-hmm. championship, by showing and signifying that we got to that next rung on the ladder. And, uh, man, I mean, I remember watching Josh Heifel dominate Tyler Hansborough in Madison Square Garden in 2007. And you know what I said to myself? Get the mid-major out of my face. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, get Jeremy Pargo out of my face. And, uh, and the fact that we're here in 2021, and Mark Few is such a great guy, such a great coach, um, to, to, to see this kind of work. I see what work, you're doing. I see what you're doing, by the way. Mark Few is such a well, – we could deal with that later. Mark but, uh, Few is a great coach, <laughs> and there's tons of places to fly fish in North Carolina, Mark. Um, but th- that's beside the point. I will say, Gonzaga – all I want to say is, Gonzaga fans, I'm happy for you, and I know how hard it is to have to fight these battles, uh, you know, on the front and have these people come at you and come at your program and come at your players and yada, yada, yada. But you deserve this moment in time, and uh, I know you're going to play the the most anticipated game since the 05 title game. The first time we've had the two top overall seeds beat in the title yeah. game. I think since this 2005. is more. I, I, can I can I stop you there? The, yeah. I, throw out 2005. This is more anticipated than 2005. I think this is more anticipated than 2005. I think I think 2005 is just the marker in time that we haven't really stopped to to compare the two. That yeah. we just know that like 2005 was the last one that was like super anticipated. Uh, well, to, to of this. course, we, we we don't have. I mean, I just said that for just for the statistics. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying you. I'm saying this is this is this has been the narrative all season. We, I mean, we've talked yeah. about like even all when we're doing our tier talk with Andy Andy Katz, it's always been like uh, two. Uh, we we've mentioned 2005. God knows how many times on the show. Yeah, so many like, times. That's why I like, thought Illinois was going to win it all. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but but I'm saying I don't think we've really stopped to like 
flesh this out uh, to, to I, I think this is more anticipated in 2005. I think it is because they were supposed to play in Indianapolis. They didn't. They've been one, one and two. Gonzaga has been one literally the entire season has the not lost. There, yep. There's an undefeated uh, uh, season on the line now on Monday night. Um, Baylor obviously has been two for most of the season. Their, their hiccup, even, even the hiccups that they had, you can kind of blame on COVID. And I don't even know if it's kind of, I mean, it's, it's, the, the 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 problems that they had were were post covid and it seems like they've figured those out so like i don't know maybe there's a there's there's a world where <laughs> baylor doesn't have to take a covid pause they're also undefeated we don't even have to play in the what ifs though because they are who they are and who they are is a very very good basketball team that we've seen all year and we've had circled as one of the top two teams in the country uh I think this is more anticipated in 2005, and especially after tonight, because we got exactly what we needed, Tate. Yeah, exactly yeah. what we needed. We needed Gonzaga to look susceptible to, to for, mm. for guys like me who have believed heavily in them to say, oh, oh, OK. And we needed Baylor to look awesome. That's exactly what happened. Now, you know, if if if, if Gonzaga was going to play Baylor tonight, I would have been pretty confident Gonzaga was going to win. I would have yeah. been pretty confident. Now, after what I witnessed tonight, I I don't know where I'd land. And that's mm-hmm. all I've ever wanted was like, I yeah. needed a reason to believe that Gonzaga could lose even if they play well. And oh my God, I got it tonight. That's so I'm, I could not be more excited for Monday. When we came into the day, you and I looked at each other, best case scenario. And this tournament, you and I have called a Mickey Mouse tournament as a, as a meme the entire time because every time we say what we want to happen, the literal opposite usually happens. Yes. So we come in today, we say we need Baylor to for, for the best case title scenario. This is not about fandom. This is about best case title scenarios. That's what yep. you and I care about. We came in and we said we need Baylor probably to blow out Houston to get us like fired up about the idea that Baylor has a real shot against Gonzaga and we need UCLA to keep it within 10 was pretty much what you and I had said to each other. And the fact that UCLA takes them to overtime, the fact that they had chances to win this game down the stretch. And on the flip side, I have to say this because as I was making my Gonzaga point, I got too lost in all the historical stuff with Gonzaga, but I want to say this team has not played a close game all year. And the fact that they were in a close game, the fact that they were able to respond, the fact that they never panicked, the fact that Mark Few obviously has coached these guys situationally to know how to handle these moments without having them actually play in these moments. Mm-hmm. One says a lot about preparation of this team, and two says a lot about preparation and mentality of these players themselves. Because I'm not going to lie to you, Titus. If I'm undefeated in Indiana with all of the history behind me in Bob Knight State, mm-hmm. thinking about the 1976 Hoosiers and seeing a team like UCLA with John Wooden and John Wooden Broden statues behind all, <laughs> all around you. I, As you're I'm driving freak- into Lucas Oil, you're driving downtown, you see I'm, the, the John Wooden statues. I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. I'm getting tight, and I'm and I'm concerned. And give Corey Kisper, give True Timmy, give Ayayi, give Suggs, uh, I mean, Nimhard, all those guys credit because they never faltered. They never wavered. They continued to fight despite all the things going against them. And also kudos to the coaching staff because that is coaching. That is getting yeah. players prepared to be in a fight. And, you know, I don't think Gonzaga went in this game thinking it's going to be an easy game. You know, as much as everyone in America is like it's going to be a 10, 15 point blowout. They pro- yeah, I mean, me too. What do you like? Yeah. A- of course, it was a 14 was point spread. Vegas thought that. I said on part of my take uh, in a quote, no chance. <laughs> hey, well, you were right. No chance you said, which, by the right. way, uh, I was right. You know, it's a, it's a, they did not win. I knew, uh, I, I crunched all the numbers. This was yeah. the, uh, this was one of the situations I saw. This was, but one give of the, kudos to Gonzaga because as yeah. we move to Monday, I'm hoping that we get another tight game, another close game. And, uh, I, I know Baylor can execute in those moments. Obviously, they've had some games this season where we've had to see that. Gonzaga, we hadn't had that. And now we do have actual mm-hmm. tape on them being able to handle it. And uh, I mean, I think it makes Monday even more anticipated. I think it makes it even more fascinating. And I just want to see what the line is, Titus. Not that I really care about betting lines, but it's more just to see what they think. What's the vibe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the line. What did this game do to Vegas and their expectations and their view of Gonzaga? Because for me, I think going into it, if they win this game by 12, 15 points, you're looking at like a seven and a half point line or something like that. But now we're looking closer, like two and a half. Three and a half. Hell, even yeah. one and a half. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And I like Who it. That's what I'm. I'm curious as well. I don't care about the the line for gambling purposes. I care about it as a vibe, as I said. Yes. Like, I just yes. want to know what is America vibing right now. What yeah. What are we thinking? What are the experts because saying? I don't know what I think anymore. And that's that's a good spot to be in. Usually, I don't like that, but when it comes to this matchup, I like that a lot. I like that oh. I have no idea what the hell I'm thinking. Um. We, we, we've spent a lot of time praising UCLA, certainly. I want to do it some more. Johnny Juzang, uh, I feel yep. like that's the last we saw of him in college basketball. I feel like it has to be, right? Like, I, I, I don't know why this guy would come back. 
Uh, what a treat he's been to watch. We watched him closely at Kentucky uh, because he was a, he was a local kid coming out of L.A. And like we kind of knew him indirectly, like we he was put on our radar. Yeah. Uh, so yep. like when he goes to Kentucky, I remember watching him being like, yeah, that's the kid that, that went to Harvard Westlake. And and it didn't obviously pan out super well. And I was like, man, that I, I would like to see him be better. And then he transferred back home and he oh, my God, has he been better? And what a joy that was. That That is that is an NCAA tournament run. I will never forget. And uh, to have the you, you keep talking about presence of mind, Jalen Suggs had the presence of mind to know how much time was left to get yeah. the shot off, to not, to not chuck a shot from like beyond half court to know, you know, I can get he a didn't couple panic. more in. Johnny Juzang had the presence of mind down two. I was certain he was jacking the three there at yep. the end of overtime. I was certain he was going for the win, going for the dagger. He, he, he saw in his eyes that I'm going to be the hero that's going to jump on the scorer's table after I hit this. Uh, and, and, and Kispert was guarding him and knew that's probably what he was thinking. And so he, he's like, I'm not giving up a three. And Juzang had the presence of mind, like, if I hit a two, we're going to overtime, and I'll just keep hitting more shots, and we'll win. So, uh, I don't know. I, I thought that was really mature and level-headed for him to to take it to the basket. He misses a shot, gets the rebound, calmly puts it up. We see so much – like, we saw in the Michigan game, for God's sakes. Like, Michigan, mm-hmm. UCLA, how many of those, like, shots down the stretch for Michigan were they tight? Because they were like, ah, how much time they, – they, they, their, yeah. their clock sped up, and they were yep. freaking out. And Juzang was as cool as could be the entire game, and especially there at the end in overtime. And uh, I know he he – you know, the, the charge at the end of regulation was a bummer, but, uh, you know, he was trying to make a play and it is what it is. And and you, you, you can't fault a guy for like being aggressive in those situations. So, uh, I don't know. Absolute treat. Mick Cronin is, is I, I, I could not be, I could not be more excited to go watch UCLA next season. They're, they're going to bring a lot of these guys back. They're going to be awesome. There there's real momentum, real excitement around the program, uh, and, and, in ways that certainly, I've never been around since I've been going to LA yeah, every so often for, for sure. work and stuff. So I, I, I can't wait to see uh, that city buzzing. I can't wait to, to see uh, Pauly excited again. I mean, it, just think about where we were Titus, you know, a few years ago when we could just walk into Pauly and no one's there really. And, you know, it's yep. kind of like this downtrodden Steve Alford era where everyone's like, look, we get it. We're not going to be Indiana, but God, you know who, by the way, games. by the way, full circle, you know, who uh, was the final nail in the coffin for, for Steve Alford. You might forget this. He lost at home to the Belmont Bruins state. Oh. <laughs> Are you aware of that? That was uh that was after in Chicago. We saw him in Chicago, yeah. right? And then he went yeah. home and lost to Belmont. Yeah. And then he lost to Belmont. Everyone was like, We gotta fire this guy. And my dad was just like, <laughs> like again, Belmont, became. best team in the he, country. He watched an Indiana guy lose to Belmont. He was like, I'm done without you. Give me both. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I just want to say you mentioned Johnny Juzing. Uh, this is one of those we, we joke about a Kimba candidate, not joke, but we we label Kimba candidates every yeah, single not year. Not a joke at all. Honestly. It's not a joke. I mean, there might be a new term, a Juzing candidate because uh he is everything that you need in the tournament he's also a guy that i I told you today i I heard him do an interview talking about mick cronin he's like i want to be coached i uh that's why i came i came here because i want mick cronin to tell me why i'm not good and i want to get better and i love to compete and and i want to win every single game and if you watch johnny juzing in this game the man competes and he competes and he doesn't stop and like you said the fact that he took that shot you know, goes for two, gets his own rebound, follows his shot, gets the putback layup. I mean, everything that you could ask for from that end of the floor from them. And just the fact that Suggs obviously hits the shot, wins the game. There's nothing to be said that's negative about UCLA. That, I think that's the best of part of this. There, no, there was no, there was no like. Hang the banner, dude. I, we're, I'm bringing a banner to Pauly, home opener. Yeah, we're going to the Pavilion Club. We're 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 throwing back our twelve dollar beers in the Pavilion Club. Let's do it. Rubbing elbows with Baron Davis and Kerry Champion, and uh, <laughs> I'm bringing a banner to Paulie that says yeah. we took Gonzaga to overtime in the Final Four and yeah. probably should have won. In parentheses. And in parentheses. And, and and honestly, we're hanging we that kn- up with the eleven national titles. <laughs> and, and we know the Final Four banner should go up. Honestly, like I know that UCLA's whole thing is we only hang national title banners. I think this is the time where you you put up a Final Four banner and you're proud put of up- it because. Put up a banner that says Johnny Juzang went here. Yeah, literally. Put, put that up. Put that up as well. I think right Johnny Juzang is like literally Devin Booker 2.0. That is who he reminds me of. I, I I can't get it out of my mind. I can't get it out of my head. Every time I see him, you know, on the court, I'm like, man, this guy gives me major Devin Booker vibes. And if you're an NBA GM, not that I even care about the NBA as I talk about college basketball right now, <laughs> but I I would I would say that kid is no doubt a for sure lottery pick. And, you know, like you mentioned before, I mean, we're getting into top five territory because 
you want, I mean, Devin Booker went 14th and that was a mistake or 13th, whatever it was. That was a yeah. total mistake. So I can see Juzang shooting up draft boards. I'm happy and proud of him. Uh, I think he represents, you know, a lot of good in college basketball. His brother I think he, came to see him, by the way, like kind of dude, the story. Of I the mean, week what, here what, a, yeah, what a story. Yeah. And then 10 years after Kimba, as Ryan points out here on our screen, uh, Johnny Juzang is able to do the, the best thing we've seen, uh, you know, as far as cardiac Kimba. And uh, man, I, I I can't, I, I will say this, like Johnny Juzang was a name I thought I would forget in my life pretty, pretty easily. You know, yeah. like you said, when he was at Harvard Westlake, he goes to Kentucky, he kind of gets shelved at Kentucky as Calipari likes to do to five stars. That's the Kentucky way. Come here and we don't play you. And Johnny Juzang goes back home to Los Angeles and then brings them what they've been looking for. UCLA has needed some sort of just like, just reinvigoration, right? Like yeah. just, just that yep. feeling of like, this is what, UCLA basketball looks like at the highest level and the fact that Mick Cronin is able to get that in his second year and get it with a guy like Johnny Juzang who is such a lovable character my mom's texted me she loves Johnny Juzang uh you know th there's just there's nothing better than that from a brand play and great name by the way Johnny Juzang I think that's part of it like the yeah, look is it, the look works the the hair looks awesome I already the, see the, the campaign awesome. I see the campaign yeah. you rang for you Juzang <laughs> you know that's it that's it Oh man, uh, let's talk about the other game briefly because what a stinker I mean, do this it, was. Yeah, uh, I mean. I, we don't really have to. I just want to basically talk about <laughs> Charles Barkley at halftime, talking about Jimmy's and Joes. And Please, who's got Jimmy's and does does, does UCLA have Jimmy, Jim's and Joes? Do they yeah. have both? Do they have just Jim. They have Johnny's. Yeah, they have Johnny's. So Gonzaga and Baylor have Jim's and Joes. Yep. UCLA, what what was that? That was that was amazing. Charles. That was the highlight of that game, to be honest yeah. with you. It was either the Miley Cyrus halftime show or in between <laughs> yeah. show, or it was Charles Barkley trying to explain why Gonzaga and Baylor were different than Houston and UCLA by using Jimmy's and Joes or Jim's and Joes or Johnny's and Joes. It made no sense. I at one point, you know, you and I were chatting after the fact. We're like. We've been there before. You know, you're trying to make a point on air. You kind of get Oh, it lost. happens all the time. It happens, it happens all the time. All, I'm sure you're happen. listening right now, and you're like, yeah. you guys are literally doing this. Stay so we, tuned. We're live, folks. So uh, it, we, it could very well happen tonight. <laughs> I, I could start making a point and be like, I have no idea what the hell I'm saying right now. Exactly. It's the Michael Scott. I start talking. I don't know where the sense is going to end. But, um, you know, Charles Barkley is hilarious and the best, and that's why I love him for moments like this. And it honestly did make a little bit of sense because you kind of know what he's saying at some level, but you also yeah. don't know what he's saying. Uh, which is it's provocative. It gets the people going. That's what we want from Charles. Uh, that's what we need from Charles. Uh, and on the flip side, Baylor got me going because they did what we needed them to do, and that's blow out. Davion Houston. Mitchell is yeah. the best player on Baylor. Is yes. I mean, like th that, that's what we're learning in this NCAA tournament run is that the first team All Americans on Gonzaga and Baylor are not the best players on their team, as it turns out. Because like, Drew Timmy and Davion Mitchell are playing out of their minds in this tournament. Um, and, and not to say that like Baylor needed Davion Mitchell to be awesome tonight. I think he could have laid a stinker and they still probably would have won given how poorly Houston played. But, uh, I don't know, man, I I'm, I'm so excited for that game on Monday night because I really have no idea what's going to happen. And that's where you want to be. That's it. This is, it, I, I couldn't be more excited for this. All, we, we should say goodbye to Houston. I mean, we spent a lot of time talking about UCLA and a great run. They went on Houston. Uh, many people are calling it the most Mickey Mouse run of all time in the NCAA tournament to the to the Final Four. Uh, I I was not one of those people. I just I I respectfully called Houston a fraud all season. Yes. It was very yeah. respectful. I think a, a lot of people are losing that. They, they remember that I called them frauds. They do not. They're forgetting the first part. Yes. Yes. The respectfully, respectful with all yes. due respect, no disrespect to Houston. Uh, nothing personal. Um, but I, I have felt that they have been frauds all year, and I base that upon the fact that they muck it up. They have no real playmakers outside of Quentin Grimes, who was MIA the entire first half of this game. And they have played a, a non-existent schedule. Like, I think the point I made was that Houston was what people thought Gonzaga was, which is that they, they play a bunch of nobodies, rack up wins, and then, uh, you know, they, they, they muck it up and then and steal wins here and there and whatever. And they're actually, like, not that good. They're going to get exposed. Uh, I just felt like that was what Houston was destined to, to – I, I honestly, like, I, I have no shame if, in this game if I'm a Houston fan. It's what I – is my indirect way of getting around. Like, I don't think Houston was as good as everyone else did. So, to me, one, this was no surprise. But, two, I also – if I was Houston, I wouldn't be like, what the hell happened to us tonight? Because I could tell you what happened. What happened was exactly what I thought would happen. I didn't think Houston was very good this year. So – I mean, like, I'll walk that back. Of course, they were kind of good. I didn't think Houston was national title good. I don't think I didn't think there was any world in which Houston was beating Baylor and then winning the national title game as well. So, uh, 
you know, I, and, if I'm a Houston and, fan, I'm like, what else could I have expected here? Quick break to get a word from our sponsor, Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save today. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. And we're also brought to you by our friends at NHTSA. It can be a little frustrating, especially if you're in a hurry or running late to find yourself at a railway crossing waiting for a train. And if the signals are going and the train's not even there yet, you may feel a bit tempted to try and sneak across the tracks. Well, don't ever. To the naked eye, trains often appear to be further away and moving slower than they are, and they can't stop quickly. Even if the engineer hits the emergency brakes right away, it can take a train over a mile to stop, over a mile to stop. I'll say it again. By that time, it's too late, and the result is a potentially deadly crash. The point is, you can't know how quickly the train will arrive. The train can't stop quickly. Even if it sees you, it ends in disaster. If the signals are on, the train is on its way, and you just need to remember one thing. Stop! Trains can't. Paid for by NHTSA. And finally, we're brought to you by our friends at First Leaf. Who hasn't been there? You're standing in the wine aisle, staring at the shelves. Do you want a California Red or maybe one from Oregon? Something organic, a natural wine perhaps? Maybe just the one with the really nice label? We've all been there. Thankfully, there's First Leaf, a better way to discover wine at a fraction of the price you'll find in a store. First Leaf is a fully customizable wine club that sends curated boxes of wine that are perfect for you, and they have more award-winning wine than anyone else. With First Leaf, there's no guesswork, no misguided recommendations from an employee who doesn't know what you like, and no frustration on your part. Each wine shipment is entirely customized to your unique palate and preferences. Unlike big box members, unlike big box wine memberships, First Leaf uses a one-of-a-kind algorithm and your feedback to curate future wine recommendations. The more wines you taste and review, the better your shipments get. I'm a big fan of Chilean wine, and I've had some great, great wine from First Leaf. First Leaf works directly with the world's best winemakers, not only to find the best wines available, but to pass the savings on to you, saving you up to 60% off retail. Save time, money, and stress with First Leaf, the wine club designed with you in mind. Every single month, I get my First Leaf package. I get excited. I pop open a few bottles of wine during the week and, you know, just enjoy myself. Join today and you'll get six bottles of wine for $29.95 and free shipping. Just go to tryfirstleaf.com slash Tate, T-A-T-E. That's six bottles of wine for $29.95 and free shipping at tryfirstleaf.com slash Tate. Back to Titus and Tate. If I'm a Houston fan, the big takeaway here, and look, there, there are two Jordan brand schools that are in the final four here, and both of them lost tonight, and that's UCLA and Houston. And at the end of the day, all you have to do is make brand plays, and the brand play is to hang the banner. So if you're the Houston Cougars, this is the first time that you've been in the final four since 1984. Now you've gotten the the idea that you are ser- like singularly one run in history with, you know, Akeem and Clyde and those guys and five slam and Jamma. Now you got a second, you know, story to tell, so to speak. You hang the banner. Nobody's going to remember this game as a, a quote-unquote blowout because all they're going to remember is the UCLA game from tonight. So you're okay there. Yeah. And if you're Houston, I'm just going to be frank about this. What did you really expect? You know, you, you haven't played the competition that is going to make it to a Final Four traditionally. Your, your best game, as you pointed out multiple times, was a, a neutral game against Texas Tech in November. You right. played all double-digit seeds to get to the Final Four, so you've had no game to really get you prepped for the level of team that you're going to see. And then that team is basically the better version of you. And, yeah. they, and they recruit in your state and they out-recruit you in your state. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things, like, what do you expect at the end of the day if you're a Houston yeah. fan? And, and if anything, you expect, hopefully, a competitive game where you're able to kind of hang around. But from the start, Baylor, you did not they, they had a message to send to the Houston Cougars tonight. And it was basically, we are by far the better team in Texas. And we are going to go to the national title game. And we're going to try to show the world that we're the best team in the country. That, that was the, the news of the night. It was that, one... Baylor's not messing around. They, they know what they're here for. They're here for Monday yeah. night showdown against Gonzaga. And Gonzaga, they had to get their first test of the season. And they needed it, frankly, I think, before they go to Monday night. Like, that that was nice for them. Obviously, you know, probably not as, as desperate as it ended up being. But I think both teams got what they needed before we get to Monday night. And I think that's awesome. 
how mad do you think Jim Nance was? Do you think he was how, if how how much do you think he was doing? Uh, I'm I'm definitely not mad at all that this is the first time I've ever called a Final Four game with my alma mater here, and we're just getting run off the floor because he didn't, I think, he didn't really show it that much. Yeah, but I also wonder if he was putting on a facade, or do you think he just I, doesn't care at all? I think that's the sad part. I think he just doesn't really care. I I I, I had hoped that that would be his feeling, where he's kind of like, oh man, these are my guys. But maybe not that he doesn't care. That's probably too far. I would say maybe he knew, or or, or kind of had an expectation that he probably listens know, to our show and he hears me calling the prods and he's like, you're right. I mean, look, I will say this: Michael Lombardi, uh, my old co-host, friend of the program, loves you and I. You know, used to be neighbors with Jim Nance, so there's a chance that Jim Nance may know what we're talking about on the show. Just saying that. Just saying that. I just that. love the idea of of Lombardi and, and Nance at just Pebble talking Beach. about our show. About yeah, the just... They're like, yeah. So I thought Tate like had a lot of great points talking about <laughs> Roy's impact on Carolina. I thought I thought that was really good. I mean, there, hey, like, there's, yeah, a, there's, a, there's always a chance. Jim swirling his wine. He, I like to think of Jim Nance of having a glass of wine when he golfs. Like he's everyone else is crushing beers, and he's got like a glass of wine in his. Do you know the Jim Nance story, like of what he has at his house? So he has a house on Pebble Beach, and uh, he built the uh, he re- he yeah, replicated yeah. the seventh hole at his yeah, house. Yeah, I knew that. And when you yeah, go yeah. to his house, you like hit the you you basically hit the shot, and then there's a list where closest to the pin. I was supposed to go do that at one time. It never happened, but. Uh, I will say this. Uh, Jim Nance probably loves Houston, but he also smart enough to know what was coming. So I think he just enjoyed himself. Um, someone asked us, the fan asked us, what would be our Jim Nance tie? It got me thinking, uh, I don't know what it would be, mm. but we got to figure that out in the future. Some, at some sort point. of duffel so keep bag. That in the back it, of it's, it's a bag yeah. full of cash. I mean, that's what we would people do. pointed out. Like you, maybe your Converse laces. Uh, someone said one of my oh, shoes. Yeah. I don't know why I would give you one of my shoes. If I'm going to give you one, I'll probably just give you the other one um or not at all but regardless you know we'll figure out what that looks like i was happy that jim nance got to have the call that's a special moment but he knew like mine it was mine would yeah i like that like i i unlaced my chucks and i hand my my i like that too should we do this for real like next year when the final it's hilarious are you could you imagine being jalen suggs and we're at the game and we walk down and you give him your shoelace I promise you this. If, if I remember, it's been a long time. It's going to be a long time from now. It's, it's going to be a year from now, so I'll probably definitely forget. But uh, mm-hmm. right now, I'll commit to this, that when we go to the next year's Final Four slash National Championship, Tate, um, I will, after the game's over, I will do something Nance-ish. Mm. And we'll, we'll get it on camera. You film mm. me, and I'll walk up to whoever, like, you know, if, if, if this was the title game tonight, it would be Jalen Suggs, and I would – unlace my chuck and hand him one of my laces um if you promise to ask the winning coach if he has a message for the haters in the postgame press conference can you 100 percent? are you kidding me right. like if i was right. there tonight i would literally go you know first question mick cronin like they like they come to me and i walk up to the <laughs> microphone and i go coach cronin tough loss tonight you know a great season though obviously we saw this team grow into a unit that you really could believe in we saw johnny take the big leap but the real question that everyone at home is thinking, Coach Cronin, do you have a message for the haters? And then Coach Cronin, you know, basically tries to fight me. Uh, takes out his one of the joys. We, uh, we we lost out on the message to the haters this year by not being able to go to press conferences, not being able to go to games. Yeah. But one of the joys of Tate asking the message for the haters question is always the setup because you never know where it's going. Because like I'm sitting next to you. And you tell me you're going to ask it, but then you're like, you know, coach, you guys were out rebounded in this game. And I'm like, ah, oh, damn it. He's not going to ask it. But did he still find a way? You still bring it back around like two minutes yeah, later? Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, tricked, <laughs> I tricked Bill Self, too. I got him really good with that. He was like, yeah, he's like, you're making good points. I you're like where you're headed. And then when I said haters, he said haters. And then you just stick the land. In his mind, you're like absolutely botched the landing. You're like, yes, I like yes. where this is headed. And then you're just like, do you have a message for the haters? Yeah, and he goes... What the hell? Um, <laughs> all right. Any other thoughts on the title game? I mean, I think we kind of hit everything that needs to be hit. This was this is the perfect scenario tonight that, that yeah. we needed to see. I, uh, Baylor, I, I obviously you see the path now, and it does. The path doesn't have to be a plus. And and Gonzaga, like I think that's it. Is that that's that's what we've learned? Is that like if Gonzaga plays an A game, they can still lose to Baylor. They can play yep. an A minus game and still lose to Baylor. Meanwhile, uh, Baylor does not have to play an A plus game. Uh, like I didn't think they did, but I don't, I don't know if that's a good way of phrasing it, but like I, up until this point, I thought if Gonzaga brings their A game, no one's touching them. No one's mm-hmm. touching them. And after mm-hmm. tonight, Gonzaga could bring their A game. Baylor could play not their A game. And I'd still see a path in which Baylor could win. And that, that just makes me so excited because 
that's what we want. That's all we want. Tate, that's so. that's all we've been asking for this entire season. We've wanted to see Gonzaga tested. Shout out to UCLA for making them uh, have their first test. And uh, this was that was the primer. That was the PSAT. We got, a, we got a line according to Fox Bet. By the way, you ready for this? Lock in your guess. Can can you see this? Did you get this note as well? I think we may have got texted this exact same note. Don't look. Is at it? A, I'm not looking. I'm not looking. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's play a game called. Uh, try to try to estimate what the spread will be. Oh, we'll estimate the spreads. Estimate the spreads. Yeah. Okay. All right. Estimate the spreads. This is a fun game. Never played this before. Um. Here we go. Estimate the spreads. Gonzaga Baylor. I said seven and a half. That feels pretty good to me. I'm gonna bump up one and a half points. So I'm gonna say six points. It is according to our friends at Fox Bet, and by friends I mean colleagues. It is Gonzaga please be three minus four and a half. Oh, that feels like I I I. I, I I feel like uh, it's moving. It's moving. Did it it open? Did it open at four and a half? It is moving, and the line is moving too. Tate, the the line is the only thing moving when I'm thinking about this game on Monday night. I'm gonna. I'm fired up. (laughs) I I mean, I I will say this: like, this is this is the best that college basketball can offer. Like, if you have not watched college basketball all season, if you're just a casual fan, if you just watched this game tonight, and you're like, man, that was a lot of fun. Let me just tell you, Monday night, uh, saddle up because there is going to be. because I said this to you earlier when we were talking before we watched UCLA play Gonzaga, I said the only thing that scares me if you're Gonzaga about Baylor is that Baylor has more dog, right? Like Baylor, Baylor yep. is going to like Davion Mitchell is probably the, the 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 face of what I'm talking about. A guy who will literally dive on the floor 15 times, a guy who will take a charge, a guy who literally will slap the floor, a guy who will clap in your face and say, Let's go as soon as you, you dribble it off your foot. Um they're not afraid of Gonzaga and they think that they're supposed to win, right? Like Gonzaga is on a team of destiny run. And I think that they are the team of destiny, but you can't, you can't take away from Baylor who was also in an undefeated trail this entire year before a COVID pause. They also think they're the team of destiny. They yes. also thought that they yes. should have won last year. Well, that's, that, that's what's so captivating about this yeah. beyond uh, obviously the two best teams all year. Mark few, and Scott Drew seem to be best friends. Yes. Jared Butler and Corey Kispert seem to be like the best of that. Like that's how I have it in my mind. Cause we talked yep. to them. We're like, who do you like on the other team? And they, they, they see each other. They see each just, other and they respect I, each other's games. And yeah, I, yep. it, it, it disgusts me to my core because I want to, <laughs> as a man who works in media, I, I want mm-hmm. to pit these people against each other and make them hate each other. They do not. <laughs> and uh, I've joked all along that the reason they don't hate each other is because like, it's easy to not hate the other guy when you think you're going to beat the other guy. So if, if, if you and I were to play, say, Tate and like going into the game, I'd be like, I love Tate. And the reason it's like it's like if you ask Jordan how he felt about Charles Barkley and he was always like, yeah, Chuck's a great friend of mine. And it's like because I don't feel it because I keep him under my thumb and I take him golfing and I put him in yeah. Space Jam and like that's all he needs. And um, <laughs> and I know that I'll always have, you know, I'll always have him under my thumb. That's how I feel. Both coaches are doing that to each other. Both of the, these players are doing that to each other. That's that's how I see it in my head. You know, mm. does that make sense? Mm. Does that yeah, check no. out? It does. So that, that, that's why I'm excited about this because I think Corey Kispert believes I'm definitely going to be Jared Butler. Jared Butler thinks I'm definitely going to be Corey Kispert. And I got news for you, fellas. Yeah. You're not both going to win. Only one yeah. of you can win. And yeah, that's, it, uh, that's amazing. That's amazing. And, it, and it does feel, I mean, that's why, you know, we I, I bring up 2005. I mean, Illinois was the team of destiny. Carolina was the team of destiny. Roy was supposed to win. You know, I mean, at that point, Bruce Weber thought he was supposed to win. Yeah, for you the know, Arizona Elite Eight game. Exactly. And, like, yeah, we, like, we are we the are team. We, we have, like, kind of what Virginia did in 2019. When they, when Diakite hits that shot, it's hard for you to be convinced that you're not the team of destiny, right? right? You know, right. and Kyle Guy makes the free throws. Then you go against Texas Tech. It's hard for you not to think that DeAndre Hunter is going to hit that three to win that game, right? Yeah. You know, and it all leads to a point. And uh, it, it is so, one, I mean, to put it in simple terms, it's so effing cool that uh we're gonna have good save there by the way yeah we're, yeah i mean i, I want to say it full throttle it's so mucking cool that we're gonna have this game uh on monday so night fox and cool can we say yeah fox? yeah like, yeah like, do a do a company play there yeah there you go love fox uh company fox man cool. um appreciate you guys for letting us go live right now and i and i will say just like the fact that we get to be here um we're, we're gonna tr- yeah. you know try to figure out if we're gonna go to the game tonight or not you know we'll, we'll see what happens there obviously yeah you know, if we're, got tickets, we're, float them our way uh yeah send we'll, them our we'll, way we'll, uh, if you're a gonzaga fan and you want me to pull for gonzaga uh i literally can be swayed if you're a baylor fan same thing to you no it'd be um, the opposite it'd be the opposite because we're the curse if you're a gonzaga fan you want us right. to put on baylor shirts and go through baylor to curse True. baylor just let us True. know uh we'll do that for you True. um all right, let's wrap this thing up. What what else we got to say? Do do we want to do like a vibe? Tell the people at home what the vibe is down here. Like we mm-hmm. we we did a little 
vibe test, uh, driving around a little bit, walking around. I, I walked around a little bit. Uh, it, it, it's, it's weird. It still feels like the final four, like the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, I joke that, the, that it feels like the city of Indianapolis, like is so good at hosting this thing that they just, uh, they, they hit a button and, and just all of a sudden, like, like bookcases, it's, it's like a Scooby-Doo house where like the bookcase spins around. And now the new thing on the wall, it just says final four, welcome to Indy, you know? And it yep. feels like the whole city hit the button, but the people just aren't here to, to, all the stuff that spun around the people aren't here to like participate in the events you know what i mean yes but there's still yes. there's still a decent number of people walking about there's still like a vibe like if, if you came to indy you would know that the final four is definitely going on obviously um but man it sucks because can you imagine if like we had full arena if if just can you imagine the buzz in the city leading up to monday night if there were hundred thousand people or whatever it'd be that would be here because because you know there'd be a lot of people that just be in town they're like i'm not i don't even know if i'm going to the game like i mean that hell that's where we're at right now um, yeah yeah i just want to be around say, it you know yeah yeah you just want to be somewhere around it and i will say the only thing that's going to be weird you know i i think that this sug shot is going to be the new jenkins shot which was the new leitner shot right as far as the yeah. montages that lead into march madness now sugs will take that spot and the only weird part about that is that you when he runs over and stands on the table and it's like you know, yeah. I did this. You well, that's, this. yeah, you, there, gotta, you don't have the crowd. Like, you know, you don't have that. It, it is a little bit static, but it's also awesome because like the, the crowd is the player. It's Corey Kispert. It's Drew, I think like, I've, I think I've they're come going around. Insane. I, I, I think I've, I think I've changed my, I've completely flip-flopped because I thought all of the highlights that come out of this tournament, this Mickey Mouse tournament we've seen, uh, I thought we were just going to scrap them. I thought in future montages, just get rid of them. Cause we don't want to see coaches wear masks and like, you know, as you said, big shots and Eric Musselman's pointing to the crowd, but then they paint to the crowd. There's like 12 people there and you're like, what, what's going on here? I thought scrap all of those highlights. I don't want to, I, I it, cause it's just going to be weird to watch them in 10, 15 years. Like don't put them in montages and stuff. I changed my mind. I want all of them in there because I think uh, the context is, is awesome. And I think in 15 years, when we look back on this, it, it is going to feel like a, a fever dream that Jalen yeah. Suggs had a half court shot in like a, a quarter filled arena football stadium. Uh, and, and Mick Cronin was on the sideline with a mask on his chin and Hep Cronin was in the stands with the mat, with his nose popping out of his mask and picking his nose. And like the best, just the whole scene is like, what, <laughs> what, like grandpa, tell me about the 2021 title game, the final four. Like, yeah. Well, uh, how much time you got kid? It was, <laughs> it was a wild scene back then. Um, so yeah, that that that's pretty much it. Uh, anything non? I mean, shout out to to the three on three tournament going on. Uh, we're we're gonna be hosting that again tomorrow on Twitter and everything. So uh, watch us on there. They they let they're letting Tate and I call a few games. So mm. that's been pretty fun doing that the last couple of days. We always enjoy doing that event. So three x three u is the event. You can search it on Twitter. You can find it. Uh, and they, they let they let us call some games, dude. I I'm using the Telestrator. I yeah, it's my, been a lot of fun. Here's my promise to the American people. I will draw a penis with the Telestrator tomorrow. Mm. I promise you that if you watch mm. me, I am going to find a way because I got dangerously close today. I drew a, a a circle. I drew like an arrow into the basket. They and, saw it uh, coming. Our producer in the air is like, Mark, yeah, Mark, no, no, Mark. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh so i i got a taste and i was like i think i can go full i think i can go full penis tomorrow so mm-hmm. that's what i'm gonna try to do is i'm gonna this is uh, your american vandal moment yeah that's what everyone's been waiting for yeah I'm, go for the dicks? I'm going for it so uh check that out tomorrow um uh, oh also i wanted to shout out the second best game that happened in the, the second best amateur basketball game that happened in the city of indianapolis tonight mm. the 4a state champion carmel greyhounds took down the uh, lawrence north Wildcats. It was going on at the exact same time. Can you believe that? The Indiana State Championship was being played at the exact same time as uh, Gonzaga. UCLA. In the Pacers Arena, right? Yeah, yeah and it went to yeah. overtime. Carmel won. Carmel is Josh McRoberts High School. They beat Greg Oden's high school and Mike Conley's high school. Um, so there's that. And, and, and Ryan Osborne's the coach of Carmel. He's a, he's a friend of mine has been for a million years and he's awesome. And, uh, went to the same high school my dad went to. So there's Yo, a shout out, shout it. out really McRoberts. We got to get Josh on the show. I, yeah, I I'm a big fan of McBob. A lot of people think that I'm just a Duke hater, uh, 24 seven, but I will say there are certain Duke guys like, a you know, a Mike Dunleavy jr. 
a Josh McRoberts that uh, the way they play the game of basketball is something that I can get down with and they know how to carry themselves. So shout out to McBob. We need to get him on the show. I did have one more shout out, Titus. Shout out to us because we did yeah. a tour all around yes. in the entire, you know, Indianapolis, Indianapolis area. We went to Knightstown. We saw the Hoosier gym. Uh, we went to Hinkle Fieldhouse. We, we saw everyone at Butler. They gave us the full tour. Uh, I turned into a partial Butler fan that day as I was dealing with my emotions of the fallout of Roy Williams leaving. And that video is coming out tomorrow. So if you want to see we what Indiana to, looks like, watch it. We us. went to the uh, Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame, which you said yep. is a better Hall of Fame than the Springfield, than the, the National on, Hall of Fame. On the it record. is awesome. It is sick. Shout out to the people at the uh, the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, good people over there that, that were taking care of us. And they were happy to see us. They made us feel like stars. So that was, oh, that was cool. And, and they're great people um, and they're basketball people. And that's the difference between the one in Springfield and the one in Indiana. Mm, I like basketball I like people, Titus. And I like a like basketball those, place like and a basketball muscles. state. Yeah, like no, not muscles. for me. I'm not a Stevens guy. Uh, and shout out to all of you watching that have been joining us live <laughs> after every round of this NCAA tournament. This has been, uh, we'll be honest, when we sat down and, and talked about doing this, we thought this is kind of insane to do this. Like, will people care? Will people watch? The answer has been, eh. no, I'm kidding. The answer has been yes. <laughs> you guys have been awesome. It has been so fun to we do love these shows. You. Uh, because it, it is it is more fun to go live to, in these instances like the, the yes. Jalen's imagine like we're doing like a podcast tomorrow morning when we slept on it. It's more fun that I bust down your door and I'm like, I got to get over to my computer so we can turn this thing on and, and talk to hey. the people. So. And let's uh, be honest, Titus, this was not possible a couple years ago, a few years ago when you and I were doing a podcast together. So we have to shout out our Fox team, our CBB on Fox team yep. for making this possible, for taking care of us, for putting us, you know, in a position to be able, like you said, to react to things right on time, to be, you know, in a position to give our takes, to be here, to sit with you, to talk with you, to have conversation. And again, you know, it's uh, it, it is something that you and I love and, and it's not an act it's not something that i uh i care to act about honestly and when you watch a game like you watch tonight you get like a, a reinvigoration for why you care so much about the game of basketball and especially college basketball itself and uh that's why i just want to give a tip of the cap to mick cronin and ucla bruins uh for making this a game to, to gonzaga mark few drew timmy uh, you know, Corey Kispert and of course, Jalen Suggs uh, for, for making this a night. Johnny that I'll never Juzang, Cody Riley. Yeah. The list goes on, right? We can name every single guy in this Tiger game. Campbell. I mean, yeah, it's uh, it, the walk ons at UCLA that they showed a thousand times. Dude, Hep Cronin, Hep Cronin's nose. Uh, an absolute great night. And uh, I appreciate everyone who who follows us and watches, you know, us and listens with us. And for all the people that reached out about the Roy Williams episode again, you know, when I was recording that. I uh, I did not necessarily feel like that was a great show or anything. And in fact, I was a little upset that I was on the verge of tears for half of it. But all the kind words I see, I appreciate it. If I did not respond, I will try to respond. But uh, again, I, I appreciate everyone following us and, and sticking with us. And you don't know how much it means to, to two small town kids like Titus and I. Well said, Tate. Uh, subscribe to YouTube to get uh, the, the video Tate was talking about. The, the, we went all over the state of Indiana, had a lot of fun shooting that. Uh, yep. Also, anytime we go live, you, you'll you'll get a notification. We appreciate you guys for for following, for, for, for sticking with us through all of this and, and joining us on these live shows we've been doing. And uh, I guess there's nothing to do now, Tate, but uh, count down the next 48 hours. Give yep. me to Monday night. Can't wait. Can't the wait. championship game we've all been waiting for is happening. Woo! Let's go we'll see you live monday night <laughs>